Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. Hey, 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 what's going on, fam? Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober. Got a great show for you today, so let's get it started with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you so much for your Word. We thank you so much for understanding and revelation and godly perspective that we gain through the study of your Word. God, we've positioned ourselves now to hear a word from you that will penetrate our hearts, that will speak directly to our lives, and will put us in a position to be uh, more mature as believers and to help the kingdom of God to advance because we are advancing, we are growing, we are learning, and we are developing. I declare, God, that out of my mouth will only be spoken the words that you want your people to hear. I declare that every ear is anointed to hear the word behind the word, that every heart is open to receive the word behind the word. We want seed of word to go into our hearts, and we want harvest of the word to come out of our lives. We thank you and praise you, and we honor you, and we bless you. We declare that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. We declare that everyone who is listening to this podcast, if they're traveling, that they are going to be safe, no hurt, no harm, no danger. Uh, as they listen to this podcast. And just, God, we just declare that that change and transformation from the inside out is woven all into the words that are going to be spoken today. We thank you and praise you again, God, and declare these things to be so. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, fam, got a, got a great show for you today, but you guys know how I feel. All I feel like all the shows are great, not because of me, but because uh, these things come straight out of the Word of God. And the revelation that I share comes from the Spirit of God. And uh, all your boy is is just a mouthpiece and a vessel delivering this Word to you. So, um, a few Sundays ago, I was at my adult Sunday school class at church. And uh, we were studying some aspects of what we know uh, to be Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, if you're relatively new Christians, uh, that's found in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus just does a great teaching ministry sermon uh, from one of the mountains in that area. And uh, as we were studying that, a couple of verses just kind of jumped out at me. And, you know, um, Jesus uh, had a way of <clears throat> looking at what was going on in society. Uh, with the religious leaders and how the people were being taught either by teaching or by watching religious leaders do what they do. And he would come in and he'd flip the script. And at one point he would say something like, uh, you've heard it said that blah, 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 but I tell you blah, 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 right? And just kind of flip the script. So this is a flip the script type of situation where we'll call it spiritual motivation is concerned. And I titled today's podcast, What Motivates You? What motivates you? Why do you do what you do? Why, why do you go to church? Why do you pray? Why do you 
do all of the churchy things or the Christian things that we're that we do? Why do you do it? Why do you give to the poor? Why do you feed the hungry? Right? Uh, why do you, why do you do the spiritual things that you do? Because why we do what we do? When, when we're going to look at this here, why we do what we do is as important, if not more important, than what we do. Because if we do the right thing for the wrong reason, it doesn't really have any what I would call spiritual value. I'm doing the right thing, but it's the, for the wrong reasons. So we're going to look at what motivates us today, and we're going to look at it from two perspectives. We're going to look at it from a spiritual perspective, our, our, our spiritual actions or our Christian actions. What are the motivations behind our Christian or spiritual actions? And then we're going to look at uh, something that Paul talked about regarding our motivation where uh, actions towards people are concerned. How to do a certain thing. Don't do things from a certain motive from a certain motivation. All right. All right. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself, so let's 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 back that thing up. Put it on reverse, and uh, <laughs> let's get this thing started. All right. So as believers, the motivation for our actions, which I said here a moment ago, is as uh, important or more important than the actions themselves. So we want to dig down deep into why we do what we do, all right? And Jesus is going to use the example of what's going on during his time. So uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. I believe I said the Sermon on the Mount was Matthew chapter 5. I think it's, you know, Matthew chapter 5 and 6. But we're going to Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And this is going to break down into three different categories, Right, charitable giving, prayer, and fasting. Now he uses these three uh, as examples of how to do them, right, with the right motivation. But we can translate that or transfer that into all kinds of different actions in our lives, right? We want to make sure we're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Okay, do we want to do the right thing? for the right reasons. And maybe you don't know what the the right reason is. Maybe you're a relatively new Christian or maybe you've just been going to church and and not really digging into a godly lifestyle. You may be going to church, but you haven't really uh, committed to a godly lifestyle. So you may not even know what the right reason is, right? So let's take a look at this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And we're starting with this area of charitable giving, right? So Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 4, verse 1 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. All right, so let's stop here and look at verse 1 and look at what he says about the care we need to take when we're talking about giving to others. Okay? Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds. Now, charitable deeds is a good thing. The right thing to do. Got some extra clothes, take them to Goodwill. Right? Got some extra shoes. You got a they got a they got a, a shoe ministry at the church. You know, or bring your shoes to church rally to give to the, that's great. Right? Charitable deeds. That's a good thing. But he says, 
Take heed that you don't do charitable deeds before men, here we go, to be seen by them. I don't want to go on Instagram or go on social media with my video as I'm going to the Goodwill to drop off my clothes so people can see that I'm a good Christian. We're dropping this stuff off. Look at me. Look at me. Look at, look at all the good that I'm doing. He said, be careful that you're doing this thing with the motivation to be seen by men. And he says, if you do it with that motivation, you have no reward from the Father in heaven. And, it, and it's what I said earlier. It has no spiritual value. It's like eating food with empty calories. You're eating, but there's no nutritional value in what you're eating. So you're not going to be able to benefit from the eating. Right? You do three meals of cotton candy and jelly beans every day. You're eating, but it has no nutritional value. So you're doing all of these charitable deeds, but your motivation is to be seen by men. You're doing charitable deeds, but it has no, no, no spiritual value. So it says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your father in heaven. All right. So you go, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, let's look at verse two. He says, therefore. When you do a charitable deed, so charitable deeds are a good thing, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Don't do something so you can get glory from men. Okay? We don't want to do good things for the purpose of people looking at us and going, ooh, that was so wonderful what they did. Okay, now, we don't want to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum either and say, well, I'm not going to tell anybody what I'm doing. I'm going to do it in secret. I'm going to wait till midnight and I'm going to wait till the store closes and I'm going to give these people this stuff because I don't want anybody to be done to see me do it. I don't want to be seen by men. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about when, and we'll see this as we go uh, even deeper into this. He's talking about uh, doing something so people can see what you're doing. To make sure people can see what you're doing. Not doing something and people happen to notice that that's what you're doing. That's, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about see, doing something... For the purpose of people seeing you. To make sure you're in position where everybody can see what you just did. He said, don't do that. All right. I'll use myself as an example. And, and when I use myself as an example, this is not about how amazing Cliff is. Okay. When I use myself as, as an example, I know because I did it. All right. <laughs> and I praise God for growing me up to be able to do these types of things. So years ago, years ago. Before I even became a member of my church that I'm a member of now, uh, I was working on a uh, butterball turkey commercial, and I was doing some crew work, you know, production assistant on this commercial. Uh, and so when the commercial was over, they had all of these turkeys. Some of them were fully cooked. Some of them were half-cooked because they were just for the camera. And then they had a whole bunch of turkeys that they didn't use. Whole turkeys, frozen, that they didn't use, right? And so 
in my time here in Los Angeles, uh, when I would travel different parts of the city, I would see uh, a van from my church uh, and they would feed the homeless. And so I knew that that particular church fed the homeless. Uh, my heart kind of, it didn't break, but, but I was really bothered that they were about to throw all of these turkeys away. Whole turkeys, never used, frozen, good turkeys, they're going to throw them all away. And so I said, uh, is it okay if I take a couple of these? And they were like, yeah, we're going to throw them away anyway. So, so I took two of the turkeys. I took them home, put them in the freezer. And the next day or a few days after, uh, I wrapped them up and I took them down to this church. And uh, I went to the church's office and I said, hi, um, my name is, nobody knows me, uh, but I was just working on a commercial the other day and uh, they had all these turkeys and they were going to throw them away. I know you guys have a skid row ministry and I thought I would bring them down uh, to give to the church. And the lady was very effusive and she was exciting and she was like, do you want to meet the pastor? No, I don't want to meet the pastor. I just, I just saw a need. I didn't say it this way this time because this was years ago. But I saw a need. I saw an opportunity to take care of that. And so the only people that knew I, what I did was me and the pastor's assistant. They were the only ones. I didn't make an announcement at the on the set. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take these turkeys and I'm going to do what I can to feed the homeless. Anybody want to do it with? You know, I'm I'm not doing it to be seen by men. Now, if in heading down to the church, I ran into somebody and they say, well, Cliff, what are you doing? I'm not going to go, well, I can't tell you because I don't want you to know what I'm doing because the Bible says I don't want to do something to be seen by men. No, I would have told them. Oh, I got these turkeys. I'm going to take them down to the church and they've got a homeless uh, skid row ministry. I'll give it to them. So that's not to be seen by men, right? And by the same token, I didn't wait till Sunday morning. That's good, Lord. I didn't wait until Sunday morning to bring these turkeys to church so everybody at the church could see me bringing turkeys to church. And they would say, oh, what a wonderful person Cliff is, right? I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. Went by there. Nobody was there. Did what I did. You know, like I said, the, the assistant wanted me, do you want to meet Bishop? No, I really don't. <laughs> I just want to drop these turkeys off because I know you guys are going to do something with them because I've seen your work. Well, thank you very much. I got in my car and I went home, right? I'm not trying to be seen by men. I'm not trying to meet the pastor. I'm not bringing these turkeys down here because this will give me an opportunity to meet the pastor. And, you know, there's some celebrities that go to my church and maybe I'll get a chance to meet so-and-so. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because I saw a need. There was an opportunity for me to meet that need and, and be a conduit between that production situation and homeless people. And some, uh, some months later, I got a letter from the pastor, and he was thanking me, and, you know, um, uh, the turkey fed two, home, two families. The two turkeys fed two families. And that felt really good. It felt really good. And it felt really good for two reasons. One, two families got fed. I did something that caused two families to get fed. And two, I did what Jesus was talking about, or I didn't do what Jesus was talking about here. I did not do this to be seen by men. I just did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. So we do the right thing 
because it's the right thing to do. Okay? All right. So, uh, let's go to verse 3 here, John, uh, Matthew 6, verse 3. And these are the instructions now that Jesus gives. He says, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will, re will himself reward you openly. Okay, when you do, I'm reading again, Re, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that's just a phrase to say, you know, don't make it known all over the place what's going on. Just kind of do it. Just just do it. Don't get caught up in who sees you and what time it is and all of that. Just do it. Okay. And your charitable deed may be in secret. And then now again, we don't want to take this too far to the left that we got to do it in secret. I can't let nobody know what I'm doing. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about not doing it out in public because this is an extreme example that Jesus is giving on both ends because he wants to make sure that people understand, don't do that way over here. Come back over on this area, on this side of the spectrum and do it in this manner. Let me read this from the message translation. It says, be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. I love the message translation, man. <laughs> right? Let me read it again. Be especially careful when you are trying to be, to do, I'm sorry, be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. So be good, but don't make a performance out of being good. Right? It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. People will be applauding, but God will, won't, won't be applauding. God will be up there shaking his head going, ah, that's great what he's doing. That's great what she's doing, but the motivation is all jacked up. Right? All right, let's read on. So he says, when you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. See, that's the thing that Jesus is getting to. Don't do something with the motivation of calling attention to yourself. Okay? You've seen them in action, I'm sure. The play actors, that's what they call hypocrites, I call them. Treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching. Playing to the crowd. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it, quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God, who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. I love it. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it. Quietly and unobtrusively, unobtrusively. At some point, uh, uh, Paul writes that we should live quiet and peaceable lives, right? Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't make a big show out of it. Just do it. Another example, and, and I praise God because I know once upon a time I wouldn't, be doing, I wouldn't have been doing this type of stuff uh, if it wasn't for God growing me up. So um, last year sometime I was at a restaurant. I had a meeting with a gentleman, and um, 
before the meeting, uh, before the guy showed up for the meeting, there was a family that came in. I think it was a husband and wife and three kids. And they came into this restaurant and and they're, you know, getting themselves together. And they were boys. The boys were doing what they were doing, young guys. And and um, the parents were, you know, getting themselves together. And um, so they ordered their food. And, uh, you know, I'm just an observer of people. That's just kind of what I do. You know, some people might call it stalking, but I call it people watching. <laughs> so I'm just kind of observing the family. And they get ready to, to eat. And, and the husband, the father... Uh, they they come together and pray and take hands, and the father blesses the food and he prays over the food. Now, that just hit my heart. I don't know. Well, I do know why, but 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 that just really hit my heart, because rarely in our society today do you see fathers as the head of the family spiritually, if they're even there at all, right? Husbands slash fathers, head of the family spiritually. The father prayed, not the mother. Right, the husband prayed, not the wife. Now it's cool, wives and women praying. I'm not against that at at all. Okay, uh, but my point is that 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 when that husband, when that father, when that leader of the family prayed, it just did something to my heart. And I was doing okay financially, so um, I went over to after I had my meeting with my guy. I went over to the uh, to the waiter and the cashier. I said, hey. Um, do you have the bill for that family? He said, yeah. I said, I'm going to take care of the bill. Because it was cool because I've heard for years about ministers that I admire, you know, paying for people's meals at restaurants and stuff, right? So I, I remember going, man, one day I want to do that, right? So here was my opportunity. And, uh, you know, I told the guy to let me have the bill. I'll take care of it. So I paid the bill and finished off what I was doing. And I was leaving and I was so excited about what I did, right? I just my heart was just doing a dance on the inside, right? So I went over to the family because they were right by the door. I went over to the family and I said, "Excuse me, guys. Sorry to bother you. Um, I just want to let you know your meal is paid for today, right?" Now somebody will say, "Well, see, brother Cliff, you're not supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand was doing. You're supposed to do it in secret." I did do it in secret. I didn't stand up in the middle of the restaurant and announce that I was paying the, the, for this family's meal. I told the cash register guy that I paid, and I told the family. And said, God bless you guys. Have a great evening. Okay? Now, now it was still done in secret and in quiet. It was still done quietly and unobtrusively. Okay? I didn't think about how it looked. I was excited about the opportunity, but I didn't think about how it looked because nobody was looking at me. I didn't tell the guy that I was having a meeting with, hey, man, stick around because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for the meal for this family. I want you to see it. It's, it's going to be cool, right? I didn't do that. Quietly and unobtrusively. And even though I told the family, which I could have just walked out of the restaurant and that would have been fine, but I was just so excited that I just wanted to... I just wanted to tell them I was excited. I wasn't, I didn't want to tell them so they could think I was so awesome. I just wanted to tell them because I was excited and I just wanted them to be blessed. And know that that amount of money, you can take that money and do something else. Buy the kids some toys or whatever. Okay. Quietly, I didn't think about how it looked. I just did it. I wasn't trying to get applause. I just did it. I wasn't trying to get attention. I just did it. 
because my heart was leading me to do that. And I prayed about it before I, before I jumped in, and I felt the Spirit of God going, yeah, go ahead, take care of them, right? So that's what we're talking about, doing the right thing for the right reason. All right, so that's, that's charitable giving. Let's move on now to prayer. We're going to stay in Matthew chapter 6, and now we're going to look at verses 5 through 7. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. All right, so now we saw Jesus using an example of charitable giving um, and used it to say, this is how you do it for the wrong reasons. This is how you do it for the right reasons, right? So now we're going to do the same thing, but now using prayer. So Matthew 6, verse 5 says, and when you pray, and so we know prayer is a good thing, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. There it is again. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, what does he say when they have their reward? He's saying that if they stand up in the synagogue or they stand on the street corner and pray out loud, right, and they're seen by men, then their reward is men see them. Now, we, we mean people see them pray. That's all they get. I want to pray so people can see me pray and see that I'm a great prayer, whatever that is. I'm a prayer warrior, okay? And I'm doing it so people can see me and see what a great prayer warrior I am. He's going, that's, that's not, prayer is good, but your, your, your motivation is all twisted. All right, so that's, that's when he says they have their reward. People go, ooh, she sure can't pray. Ooh, that was a great prayer. You're a great prayer warrior. That's your reward. Again, no spiritual value. All right, read on, verse 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. All right, now, he does not mean, and we're going to look at this again in the message translation, and it'll, it'll kind of amplify this. He does not mean don't pray in public. That's not what Jesus, Jesus was saying. Obviously, when we come together corporately in church, somebody prays to open up the church service. Or when we come together at choir rehearsal, or we come together at meetings and auxiliaries at church, somebody's going to pray in front of the people. So he's not saying don't pray in public. He's saying don't pray in public to be seen by men. Don't pray in public to be seen by men. We obviously have to pray in public or we have to pray corporately, but we don't want to do it so we can, this is my opportunity for Bishop to hear me pray. Ooh, I'm going to pray today. No, no, we don't pray. Why would we use something so spiritually powerful for our own recognition? That don't even sound right. I'm going to pray so people can acknowledge me. Really? Really? Really, right thing to do, wrong motivation. Again, I'll, I didn't even think about all of these examples for me, but okay. So uh, I used to be a part of the cabinet of the young adult ministry at my church. And uh, the young adult pastor was transitioning to uh, move out of the city and be a pastor of a church. He was moving on to be pastor. So there was a transitionary period 
And our pastor wanted to meet all the cabinet members, all the staff, because he hadn't met us. So we have a meeting with my pastor and the young adult pastor, and we're all in the room. Now, I'm, uh, my pastor has a big office, and he's got a huge, not a big desk uh, in the front of the office. So, you know, me being me, I'm not trying, again, we talk about motivation. I'm not trying to get in with the pastor. This is my chance for the pastor to get to know me. I'm going to sit right next to his desk. No, I sat as far away from his desk as I possibly could before he came in. I sat as far away as I possibly could, right? And we're going to get to reasoning behind this in a minute. But I didn't, I didn't want to be seen by men. I didn't want to be seen by my pastor. I'm in the room because I was asked to be in the room, okay? And that's all. I'm in the room. I'll do whatever I'm asked to do. I'll do whatever God leads me to do, but I'm not trying to be seen. And for those of you who don't know, I go to a pretty prominent church. So this would have been a great opportunity for the pastor to see me. So if I go in with that motivation, then I'm going to sit right next to his desk. I'm going to make sure I shake his hand when he comes in. I'm going to smile and say, hey, Bishop, how you doing? Right? Because I want to be seen by men, if that were my motivation, which it was not. So everybody comes in, I sit in the back, and <laughs> my pastor is an incredibly humble man, right? So everybody's, I don't know, about seven or eight of us, we're sitting around uh, sort of a, a coffee table in his office, and everybody expects Bishop to come in and sit at his desk. Bishop comes in, he sits right next to me around the coffee table with everybody else and ends up sitting right next to me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there we go. So, you know, it's cool. Everybody's gathered together and and Bishop greets everybody. And then he looks over at me and he says, open us up in prayer. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even say hi to him. He looks at me, points at me and says, open us up in prayer. Now, Again, if my motivation was wrong, I would have been in a situation where I was going, yeah, Lord, way to fix it. All right, this is what I'm here for. I'm going to pray so Bishop can hear me pray. And then maybe they'll get me to pray on Sunday in front of the whole congregation. And then everybody will know I'm a prayer warrior. No, no, no. So I prayed, I allowed God to use me to pray, declared just like, like I prayed for the opening of our podcast, right? Did my prayer, that was it, we went to business. Nobody shook my hand, nobody said, oh man, that was a powerful prayer. Nobody did that, we going to work. That was the responsibility that was given to me by my pastor. I took the responsibility, carried out my business, I did it for the right reasons, so the meeting would go well. So the meeting would go well, so wisdom would flow, so understanding would flow, so that the purpose of the meeting would happen right, that God's will would be done in the meeting. Not so people can look at me. I'm praying for a purpose, and the purpose is not to get attention to myself. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's not saying don't pray publicly. He's saying don't pray so men can see you. That's what he's talking about. The motivation is all jacked up, all right? And so when he says pray in secret, 
you know, you come home, you got prayer requests to God, come home, and you don't have to go in a closet. If you got a closet that you go into, that's fine. But he's not talking about literally going, if you don't go into a closet, you're not praying right. That's not what he's saying. Okay, again, sometimes, you know, church folks, man, their hearts are maybe in the right place, but they, they take this thing uh, with incorrect literally. And uh, they, it, <laughs> how am I doing? <laughs> I was going to say they take it too literally. And I don't know if that's, that's quite a, a, a phrase, but you guys know what I mean. You know what I mean. They just take it too far. Well, if I don't pray, if I don't go in my closet and pray, Jesus said, go to your prayer closet. Okay. And I know there was a movie that came out and the lady had a little room. And that's great. That's awesome. I got no problem with that. I'm, not, I'm just saying that's not the only way we are to pray. Okay. The whole point of what Jesus is saying is don't do it to be seen by men. Prayer is an intimate, one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. It is a spiritual dialogue, right? And when we're interceding on behalf of other people, maybe we'll do a, a podcast on prayer. Um, when we're interceding to people, it, we're talking to God about somebody else. So it's it's not about me, God, and, you know, <laughs> 300 people, okay? So these 300 people can hear me pray. It's not about that, okay? It is about making sure that the spiritual purpose for that moment happens the way it's supposed to happen, all right? And if it's just something that you need to pray to God about, yeah, go into your private area, go into the bathroom stall at work, you know, go into your car and close the door and pray to God, right? Um, and so he says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And then verse 7 says, and here's the, here's the last part of this, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. I think the, the traditional King James says for their much speaking. They think a whole lot of words equals great praying. And he's saying don't pray with a whole. Now he used the word vain. That word vain oftentimes translates empty. So you're saying a bunch of words, but you ain't saying nothing. You're saying a whole bunch of stuff, but you're not saying anything. You're just using these, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You know, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You know, oh, Lord. You ain't saying nothing. But, oh, Lord, 19 times. Thinking that if I say a whole bunch of stuff, oh, gracious, merciful, wonderful, awesome, uh, preeminent father... Okay, if it comes from your heart that way, okay, cool. But if it's vain, it has no, it's empty, it has no value, right? And if you're using a whole lot of words, thinking that many words equals great prayer, he's saying here, no, that's, that's not true. Let me read this in the message translation. Uh, the message says, and when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. <laughs> I can't tell you how many churches I've been to in my adult life, in my young adult life, where people turn prayer into a production. My goodness gracious of life. Thank God for growth. 
So he says, when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? I love that. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus says. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Now, now I was just just as I was reading that, I, I got an image. Usually every time I go out for dinner, myself or friends of mine, family members, we always pray and bless our food, right? And and I remember years ago, years ago, um, I went out on a date and and we're at the restaurant and the food comes and um, me and the young lady, we, we, we took hands and we began to pray over the food. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye, my waitress approaching and then I closed my eyes to pray and I saw her stop and turn around. Right. So we prayed and we didn't make a big show out of it again. We didn't make a big show. We didn't pray at the restaurant so everybody in the restaurant could see, hey, hey, we're Christians. We bless our food. You heathens, I don't know what y'all do. Y'all going to hell. Y'all didn't even bless your food. Just started eating. We didn't do none of that. We quietly, what do you say? Quietly, simply, and honestly blessed our food. In a voice just loud enough for my date to hear it. And now that I have my sweetheart in my life, we do exactly the same thing. We go out, we pray over our food. Uh, I just had some wonderful fellowship time with one of my brothers and my sister-in-law. And we were hanging out. We went to a restaurant to eat. And we blessed the food. Right? That's what we do. And it was a crowded restaurant. So again, Jesus is not is not saying don't pray in public. He's saying don't pray them and make it a production, right? Um, you know, take a fork and hit the the water glass. Ding 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 ding. Excuse me. Uh, we have to pray uh, before we bless our food. So you, if you guys can be quiet for a minute, we'd appreciate it. Thank you. And we're not making a production. Oh Lord, oh great Father in heaven, at a restaurant. Really? Stop. Stop. Stop it. Okay? So, 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 so let me read. The, uh, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. All right, now the last part, verse 7 in the message translation says, I love this. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't, this, this is the word from the scripture, not me. Don't fall for that nonsense. Sounds like I said it though, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't fall for that nonsense. Don't fall for the nonsense that says there are formulas and programs and techniques for getting what you want from God through prayer. Nine ways to receive from the Lord. Five ways to pray, pray effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's based in the word of God, yeah. But if it's just some technique that you're trying to make a show out of prayer 
to to fleece God and try to get something from God. God's not. God's looking at you, going, "Why are you doing all of this?" And it has no spiritual value. It's vain and empty. Okay, so don't do that. <laughs> just 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 pray, man. Just pray. It doesn't have to be a big production, even if it's in public, even if you're standing before the people and you're asked to pray to open up the church service or you're asked to open up the concert with prayer. It doesn't have to be a big production. Simple, sincere, from the heart, take the focus off of you and put it on God. Amen? All right. All right. Last category Jesus hits is fasting. And this is out of Matthew, still Matthew chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Fasting. All right. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. So he says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be men of fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What's their reward? Everyone sees that old brother Johnson is fast and look at him. He just looks so pious and so tired. He's just sacrificing for the Lord. Okay, he just got his reward. Brother Johnson just got his reward, right? Verse 17, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who was in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. All right, now I'm going to read this instead of the message. I'm going to read this from the voice translation. It says, And when you fast, do not look miserable as the actors and hypocrites do when they are fasting. They walk around town, putting on airs about their suffering and weakness, complaining about how hungry they are, so everyone will know they are fasting. They don't wash or anoint themselves with oil, pink their cheeks, or wear comfortable shoes. Those who show off their piety, they have already received their reward. When you fast, wash your face and beautify yourself with oil so no one who looks at you will know about your discipline. Only your Father, who is unseen, will see your fast, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Okay, this whole theme is about don't do these things with the motivation of being seen and applauded by men, by people. Again, we're going to take something as spiritually powerful as fasting and use it so people can see how deep I am, so people can see how spiritual I am. Brother Johnson, we going out to lunch. I don't know why I'm using Brother Johnson, but there you go. Brother Johnson, we going out to lunch, man. You, you want to go with us? No, no, no. I'm in the middle of a fast. I can't go with you guys today. I'm just... I'm just fasting for the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, dude. Really? You just say, no, I'm good, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you asking. You don't have to, you don't have to announce that you're fasting. You don't have to have a book, <laughs> the 40-day fast, right on your, on your desk, 
so everybody know you know will know you're fasting you you know you don't comb your hair you don't shave you don't you know fix yourself up why brother brother you all right you don't look too good today oh man i'm just i'm just fasting man i'm just you know i'm just stomach all growling <laughs> i'm just fasting for the lord i'm on him i'm in the middle of a three-day fast and i'm just uh just doing what i can for the lord wow brother johnson man he is so deep he is so spiritual you know what brother johnson just got his reward because he's not going to get any reward from heaven He's not going to get any revelation from heaven while he's in this time of fasting, which is what this is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about putting a damper on your flesh so your spirit can be more open to hear from God. If you're stuck in a direction, don't know where to go, don't know what, what decision to make, you're not sure, maybe you do a one-day, three-day, five-day fast, depending on how important it is. But you still get up in the morning and take a shower. And you still put on good clothes and you still put on deodorant. That's our version of oil, right? All of that stuff, right? You still fix yourself up to go out and do what you have to do. You don't, you know, ladies, don't wear any makeup. Don't wear any lipstick. You ain't got your eyeliner on. Why? Because I'm fasting for the Lord. I'm sacrificing. And I want everybody to know that I'm fasting for the Lord. How deep and spiritual I am. No, no. The world has had enough of that foolishness. Do the right thing for the right reason. And when we do the right thing for the right reason, heaven now gets involved in what we're doing. But if we do the right thing just to be seen by men, there's no spiritual value. And you've propped yourself up to be super spiritual Christian. And now when people need a Christian and they come to you, you don't even have anything for them. Because your spirituality is not genuine. It's a show. You're an actor playing a part. And now when they need what you claim to be, you don't have it for them. Now they're mad at God because of God's representative. And that's why so many people in the world today is one of the reasons so many people in the world today don't like, don't like God. Because his representatives, representatives have been so twisted and jacked up over the years. Got folks, fam. We got to be genuine Christians for real. Even if in our genuineness we show our flaws, God can use our flaws to say, you know what, I'm, this person is flawed, but they're still being used by God. God's still working on me in this area. Okay? Let's not put on a mask. That's what the hypocrites, that word hypocrite is connected to an actor who puts on a mask. Let's not put on the mask. Take off the mask when we're fasting. Take off the mask when we're praying. Take off the mask when we're doing charitable giving. Let's just take off the mask so people can see us for who we are and can see God in us. Whether it's a whole lot of God in us or just a little bit of God in us, they can at least see God in us right where we are. As godly people, you may be a spiritual second grader, but God can still use a spiritual second grader around other second graders. You don't have to be a spiritual PhD for God to use you. He can use you right where you are. Just be yourself. Be genuine. 
if you curse and you say you're a Christian, you know what? God's still working on me in that area. If you get, you know, we used to call it getting drunk full. If you get full on the weekends, right, or you're dealing with a difficult thing and you find yourself going to the liquor store and picking up a bottle, I'm not advocating that. But if that's where you are and you're a genuine follower of Christ and that's where you are in your walk with God, just be genuine and let God change you. Let people see that thing. Don't announce it. <laughs> but if they see it, yeah, man, I'm still struggling in this area. Okay. Now, people may still judge you, and they may look down on you, and they may think negatively of you, and they may think, they're not a Christian, man. They was getting, getting hot with me. Yeah, they were a Christian. This is just an area that God's still working on them in. Right? And if we can allow ourselves to just be genuine, it allows God to work through us in ways that we never could have imagined. But if we try to put on the mask of super Christian, nobody gets any benefit from that. Okay? All right. Let me move on. Uh, ooh, let me move on. Uh, you know what? I think I want to stop here. We'll do a two-part to this. And we'll pick up on the next podcast. And we'll look at what Paul talks about where motivation is concerned because there's some other things I want to add to this and I don't want to rush through this and I don't want this to be a two-hour podcast. So <laughs> we're going to stop right here. And um, listen, listen, listen. I, I think this is one of the most important aspects of Christianity. We have to be genuine. The world is angry and frustrated and tired of phony Christians. Just be who you are. And if you don't feel like you, quote unquote, measure up to being a real, just spend time with God and let him grow you up. Spend time in this word and eat this word and let it change you from the inside out. But don't try to be something that you're not. And I know, I get it. There's a lot of pressure in a lot of churches for us to, to put on a certain type of image Ministers and pastors have this a lot, that they feel like they have to have a certain image before the people. And this is why a lot of pastors get stressed out. This is why a lot of pastors commit suicide, because the pressure of maintaining an image is, is too great. Just be who you are and let God work on you. And when people want to come against you and people want to come for you, you just tell them, you know what, man, you're right. I'm still working on this area. You ain't saved. Well, you know, and you ain't even got to clap back at that stuff. Let people say what they want to say. You focus on your relationship with God. You focus on getting this word. You focus on learning what it really means to be a Christian. You find on YouTube or various places uh, uh, ministries and sermons that help build you up and grow you up spiritually. Just do the work, but be genuine in doing the work. One of the greatest, I, the first time I heard a teaching ministry at a church, I went. To, I, just, I used to sing in a gospel group, and we went to sing at this church, and um, they had a guest speaker, and the man of God was preaching. I don't even remember what he was preaching about, but every now and then in the sermon, because he was talking about growing spiritually, every now and then in the sermon, he would say, I'm under construction, pardon the dust. Right? I'm under construction, 
pardon the dust. And and his 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 his, his implication was. I may not be doing some stuff that I'm, or I may be doing some stuff that I shouldn't be doing because I'm a godly person, I'm a Christian, but I'm still working on some stuff. God is still working on me. So I'm under construction. So if my actions cause you pain or my actions cause you frustration or my actions make you look down on me, pardon the dust because I'm under construction. I apologize that I cussed you out, but I'm under construction. So pardon the dust. I apologize. I'm sorry for cutting you off in traffic. I'm under construction. So pardon the dust. Right? I lost my temper. I shouldn't have said what I said. You know, I'm under construction. Pardon the dust. Now, not everybody will pardon the dust. We're living in, you know, the phrase now is cancel culture, man. We got a serious, you mess up one little bitty time and you're just done with it. No, we don't want to talk to you. We're going to unfriend you. You can't come to our church no more. You can't be with us. Just cancel people for one mistake. As if the other people haven't made mistakes either. Okay, but that's a whole nother thing. But my point is, be real about where you are, fam. Just be real about where you are. And... Go to God, go to the Word, spend time in prayer to help God grow you in that area. I'm not saying stay where you are. I'm not saying it's okay to cuss folks out. I'm not saying it's okay to get drunk and fall on the weekend. I'm saying be genuine and let God help change you from the inside out with this Word, with time spent with Him, with the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. If you do all of those things consistently, you won't stay where you are very long. You'll find yourself growing. You'll find yourself changing. How do I know? Because it happened to me. I, didn't, I wasn't trying to be some minister. I wasn't trying to teach the word of God. I'm trying to just live my life the best way I know to live it. I was moody. Uh, I, can be, I could be overly intense. Um, I, was, I was vengeful. You know, I held grudges. You know, all of that internal stuff. And I was a good dude because I was raised well. I went to a great church growing up. I had a, 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 a godly family. You know, so I was raised well. So I was a good dude. But on the inside, oh, man, I was crazy. And God began to change me. I was selfish. God began to change me as I dug into this word. And as I got, I got into the word and gained understanding of the word, I began to see things from a different perspective. More specifically, I began to see things from a godly perspective. And I began to change. And then in this area, I began to change. And in this area, I began to change. And it wasn't overnight, ta-da, I'm a brand new person. It was little by little. It was step by step. And it was from the inside out. But the man I am today is nowhere near the man I was 25 years ago. Was nowhere near the man I was 30 years ago. Okay? Totally different person. Some of it is natural maturity, but most of it is spiritual maturity because I just got to a place where I was just allowed to be myself. No expectations, no pressure. I'm not putting on an image for anybody. I'm just going to be me. And in being me, it opened me up for God to change me. And as God continued to change me, the man I was, people were impressed with me, people honored me, people think I'm this and people think I'm that. And it's cool, but I know it's because God changed me from the inside out. All right? So let's be genuine. Let's be real. 
out of all of the stuff that we talked about today, this is what Jesus meant. Be genuine where your charitable giving is concerned. Be genuine when your prayer time is concerned. Be genuine when your fasting time is concerned. Be genuine when your Bible study time is concerned. You don't want to go in the middle of the cafeteria where everybody's watching you and open up your Bible. You know, go to the corner of the cafeteria. Go eat at your desk if you're going to do Bible study at work during lunch period and not during the time when you're supposed to be working. Hint, hint, hint. You don't announce to the to your to your supervisor and announce to people, you know, I can't really talk to you right now because I have to study the word. Got your gospel music playing so loud it's disturbing people. No, 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 no. Well, Jesus said, let your light so shine. That's not letting your light shine. That's shining your light. And you're bothering people. Can we be real? You're bothering people. Just be genuine. Just be genuine. And let God do what he does through you. Amen? All right. That's what we got for today. And uh, so we'll call this What Motivates You Part 1. We'll come back with Part 2 on our next podcast here at the Word Experience Podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. (laughs) Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.